For I am crucified with Christ And yet I live Embrace the cross Where Jesus Welcome to Crossbound Ministries where we are bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world, encouraging Christians and pointing sinners to the cross. Will you please pray about supporting our broadcast and ministry that gives us the ability to spread God's word. You can get involved by going to crossboundministry.com. Please welcome our preacher, Mike Sadler, as he brings us an important message from God's word. Embrace the love the cross requires cling to the wall. Genesis chapter 22 and verse number 3. Genesis chapter 22 and verse number 3. And we're looking at the story of Abraham and Isaac. Now Isaac was the promised child of God. And he was promised when they were old, basically. Um, but when Isaac did finally arrive, he was a daily joy and a daily reminder of God's faithfulness and God's blessings in the life of Abraham and Sarah. Because Isaac was their only child that God said, said that's their only child. Even though they had a child through Hagar, the handmaid, God did not recognize him. God said, Isaac, that only child. So here Sabre is. Sarah is 90-something years old and has a baby. It's amazing, ain't it? When you get old, you hear snap, crackle, pop in the morning, and it's not your cereal. Uh, you know you're getting old. And I'm sure Sarah had a few aches and pains as she grew older. And she definitely had some birthing pains given birth. Can you imagine being 90-something years old and giving birth to a baby? But God remained faithful, and God fulfilled His promise to them that they would have a child, and that, that child's name would be Isaac. And Sarah had faith. The Bible said, even though she laughed, the Bible says in Hebrews 11, 11, through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. It says that through faith also Sarah. Sarah had faith, Amen. So look with me now in our text, Genesis chapter 2, 22, and verses 3 through 8. It's a long read, but it's well worth it. And Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass and took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son, and clave the wood for the burnt offering, and rose up and went unto the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham saw said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the ass, and I will, I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac his son, and he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and they went both of them together. And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father and said, My father, and he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said unto said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went, both of them, together. Early in the morning, I like that. I'm an early person. I get most of my work done before lunchtime. 
I just like to get up and go and, and get it done. I like that. Abraham rose up early in the morning. He took off. Uh, he was going to do what God called him to do. He was immediately obedient. You know, if you told your child to do something, they waited three days to do it. You would say that'd be a disobedience, right? So why do we think it's any different when God tells us to do something and we wait and we procrastinate and we wait and we put it off? That is disobedience. But Abraham here has immediate has immediate obedience. And when God called Abraham, there was no hesitation. Abraham didn't ask, he didn't even ask for a reason, which there's no there's no sin in asking why. Even Jesus asked why. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? But Abraham here he didn't ask why. He acted in complete faith. Complete and total faith pleases God. I'm going to say that again. Complete and total faith pleases God, just like immediate obedience does. If you know who George Mueller was, he was a missionary, but he was also the director of an orphanage. And he was famous for praying for things, not even asking anybody, and just letting God provide. He, he took care of some over 10,000 orphans in this orphanage that he had and led them to Christ and was a great missionary. But George Mueller said, faith does not operate in the realm of the possible. There is no glory for God in that which is humanly possible. Faith begins where man's power ends. When you come to the end of your bank account, the end of yourself, the end of your connections, the end of what you have, God says, I'm there waiting on you to get to the end of yourself so I can show you what I can do. Well, that's when you operate in the realm of faith. When you say, I can't, I don't have the connections. I don't have the money. I don't have the means. I cannot do that. And that's where the bridge of faith comes in. And you have to trust God. You have to trust God to fill that gap. Amen. Romans 1.17 says, For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. What does that look like, the just shall live by faith? Well, to me, it looks like this. I trust God with everything, with my job, with my bank account, with my home, with my possessions, with my marriage, with my children, with all that I am and all that I have, it's really just God's. And all I need to do is simply be obedient to him and trust him for the outcome. We want to have control. We, we want to be able to know I can make one, two, three decisions and this is going to happen. But let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, that's not faith. Faith is not knowing that you can do it or what's going to happen. Faith is saying, God, you called me to do it and I'm here. Here am I, Lord send me is to total reliance on God and his sovereignty. And I do believe the longer you're saved, the deeper your walk with God is going to be, the more sovereign that you realize God really is, the more faith that you'll have because control is really nothing but an illusion. You don't have control of anything. I don't even have control of my own heart. God controls that. My very next heartbeat Amen. So why wouldn't we trust God with the big things or the little things or everything? Amen. That's what he wants. D.L. Moody once said, I prayed for faith and it did not come. But when I read the word of God, then faith came. Faith coming by hearing and hearing by 
the Word of God. Romans 10, 17 says, You want to have faith? Read the Bible. You want to have faith? Listen to God. You want to have faith? Listen to what the preacher says. Listen to what God's Word says. And obey it and apply it to your life. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Not just any hearing, but hearing God's Word. Why? Because God's Word, it's a living book. It's a spiritual book. It is alive. It cuts to the joint, to the marrow, to the heart, the Bible says. Amen? Abraham trusted the words of God, and he acted in obedience on his word. And we have so much more than Abraham had. We have the Bible in its entirety. We have no excuse not to listen to God because we know the outcome. God has already shown us the final play of what's going to happen. Oh, he did say you'll have trouble in this life, but in the end, he'll wipe away every tear, every tear. And we even know from the text that Isaac was obedient. Hebrews eleven seventeen by faith, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac and that he received the promises, offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said that in Isaac, thy seed shall be called, accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from whence he also received him in a figure. Even Isaac was obedient. He carried the wood along the journey to Mount Moriah. What a perfect picture of the Lord Jesus Christ carrying his cross to Golgotha. Here he is. He's carrying the wood for his own sacrifice, Isaac is, just like Jesus carried his cross. And that tells us that in John, 10, John 19, 17. And he, bearing his cross, went forth into a place called the place of a skull, which is called the Hebrew Golgotha. What a perfect picture of the Lord Jesus Christ this story is and how that God provides himself a lamb. It's also interesting to note that Abraham left his servants and his supplies at the base of the hill when he went to worship. I think that was in verse number five. And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. He said, well, you wait here, and me and my son are going to go up and we're going to worship God Almighty. And listen to me, Christian. Today, there may be some things that you need to leave behind that, that you can go and worship God. It may not be a sin. Those people that were with him were not sin. It wasn't a sin for them to be there. But maybe they were a weight, like the Bible says in Hebrews 12.1. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin with us so easily beset us. A weight's not a sin. It's just something that weighs you down. But also, I want you to notice Abraham's faith in that verse. As he told them, he knows he was, I'm going to sacrifice him. God said to, but he tells them, you wait here and me and him will come back. Now that tells you how much faith Abraham really had. He knew he was going up to sacrifice his only son that God had given him the promised child. But yet he tells them here, you wait here, and I, lad, will come up, go up and worship, and come again. We're coming back. He knew no matter what, God could raise him from the dead. God was going to keep his promise. So just as he told them to stay there, we must cast off the weights that hinder us from focus, focusing our attention on serving God and worshiping God and being with God. 
Because working for God comes out of you worshiping and walking with God. Amen. Otherwise, you will just get burnt out. If you're just working for God, you'll get burnt out. Make sure that you are worshiping and walking with Him. Because work will flow out of that relationship with Him. Amen. And faith makes for great optimists. It does. You believe. You have faith. You're, you're an optimist. Several years ago in, in Burma, and that's a country in Southeast Asia, uh, a man named Dr. Judson was lying in a filthy jail cell with 32 pounds of chains on his ankles, and he was chained to a bamboo pole. And with a sneer on his face, a fellow prisoner asked him, Dr. Judson, what about the prospect of the conversion of these heathen? In other words, can these heathen people that have us chained up here, can they be saved? He replied instantly, the prospect are just as bright as the promises of God. Let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, that rings so true today. The very person that you think there's no way, they're so mean, they're so wicked, they're so vile, or they think they're so good that they don't need God. That's the very person that God can get a hold of and change and make and mold them. Amen? He certainly can. Have faith in that. You can't see faith. The Bible tells that in Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The evidence of things hoped for. The things that you want to do for God. Not your dreams, but His dreams for you. I am so guilty of that, of me telling God what I'm going to do for Him instead of listening to that still, small voice. Amen. God speaks to us through his word. God speaks to us through a still, small voice. There are so many things in today's age pulling at our attention. There's so many rings and dings and chings and cell phones and smartwatches and tablets and iPads and all these different things pulling at our attention. And God says, I just want you to get along with me and listen to that still, small voice. And it will be that same voice. It'll tell you the same thing over and over and over. Why? Because it takes faith. For me now, we have an established relationship with God. We are, if you're, if you're saved, you have an established relationship with him. So if I was standing before the throne of God and God said, hey, you do this, it wouldn't take much faith for me to go, yes, Lord, I'll, I'll do that. But when he's that still small voice and you go, he says, Michael, I want you to do this. Will you obey? It takes faith to obey. Amen? It does to step out on faith. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. And the amazing thing about faith is the Bible says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. Now, hold on. You mean all the money I've gave, all the work I've done, all the things that I've given away, all the possessions that I've gave, or all the things that I gave up not to have, that doesn't please God? Well, let me read that verse again. But without faith is it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. That's in Hebrews 11.6. And this is 
the chapter of faith, the hall of faith, as you will, if many have called it that in Hebrews chapter number 11. God loves faith. Don't you love it? Listen to me. Don't you love it when your kid believes in you? Uh, my son told me that one time. We were doing some work, and, and uh, something happened with a piece of machinery, and he said, Dad, I believe in you. And let me tell you, that just does something. That just warms your heart. It really does. That When your own child, they, and they tell you that, I, I believe in you. Can you imagine what, how God must feel when he hears that? from his son or his daughter, the child of God, God, I believe in you completely, totally, and fully. I trust you. You say blind trust, preacher? Yes, I say blind trust. I'm talking about trusting God with it all. Just trust him. Because in the end, that's what's going to make the difference. In the end, the Bible says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. Did Abraham have blind faith? Sure he did, but he trusted God. He knew who God was, and God has showed him. He had built him up to that. It didn't just start there. He had many tests before he got to this, but to me, in my mind, this is the biggest test of his life. So those results of faith, does God try us simply to see how much pressure we can handle? Do you ever feel that way? Is God just seeing how much I can bear, how much I can stand, how much I can carry, how much I can take? Sometimes we might feel that way. Let's be honest. You, you might feel that way. Does God test us to determine how strong our faith is? No, I, God knows how strong your faith is. God knows how strong my faith is. God knows the strength of your faith. Listen to me. He tests you to build you and your faith, to be an example to other believers and to increase our spiritual captivity, to enjoy a meaningful relationship with him. It's to grow you. It's to make you. It's to mold you. It's to grow your faith. It's to draw you closer to him, to fill you spiritually, because that's what God cares about. God cares about the relationship. Lord Jesus Christ didn't come to die on a cross to save some big fancy building or some big bank account or billions of dollars or trillions of dollars. He came to save people. He cares about relationships. He cares about his walk with you and your walk with him. Think about that. He came to save souls. And so he may have a personal relationship with you. And that's what he wants. God already has everything else. He wants you. Will you give yourself fully to him today? Amen. There's a purpose to sacrifice. Genesis 22, 9 says, And they came to the place which God had told him of, and Abraham built an altar there, and laid the wood in order, and bound Isaac his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. Here, Abraham finds himself at the very pinnacle of the trial. He proved he was willing to give up what was most precious to him. Even so, God was willing to give his only begotten son for us. It's a perfect picture of the Lord Jesus Christ. Abraham was willing to give up his only son just as God gave up his only begotten 
son, the Bible says. Isaac is a perfect picture of Christ, willing to lay down his life on the altar, so much so that he carried the wood, just like Jesus carried the cross. Christ willingly laid down his life to sacrifice for our sins. The Bible says, no man take my life. He said, I lay it down. He is God Almighty in the flesh. Don't you know, with one word, he could have called down 10,000 legions of angels, but he chose to make that sacrifice for me and for you. And that's how much he loves you. And he loves me. And he wants a personal relationship with you. Will you realize today that one day, listen to me, one day you're going to take your last breath. 10 out of 10 people die in every study ever, 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 ever done. Every one of those people have died. You too will come to the end of your life. And so will I. Make sure that you know that you have a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. As old preachers used to say, you better know that you know that you know. I'm talking about you must know. If there's a doubt, then get it right with him. Get alone with him. Get it settled. Amen? That you know your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. I can't tell you how many people I know personally that grew up in church, that was in church their whole life, but never really got saved. You're listening to one of them right now. I didn't get saved till later in life. And I know many to this day that are still not saved, that I grew up with, that grew up in, listen, you might be in church right now. You might be the deacon. You might be the Sunday school teacher. You might be this. You might be that. You might be the nursery worker. You might have been in church your whole life for the past 40 years. But if you've never, Realize you're a sinner in need of a Savior, and God knocks on your heart, and you realize you're going to bust hell wide open, and you've got to get saved. You've got to ask God for forgiveness and ask Him to come into your heart and save you. It doesn't matter what your title is. It matters what your relationship is with the Lord Jesus Christ. Because let me tell you, I'm a sorry, rotten, no good, low, darn, dirty sinner, but I know that I'm saved through the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm so thankful for that. And he can save you too. Jesus came uh, in Philippians uh, 2, 7, it says, but made himself of no reputation and took upon the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found fashioned as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. He willingly laid down his life and once you are saved ladies and gentlemen we should serve him like abraham are we willing to serve and honor the lord with the things in life which we hold dear see he didn't have to give it up but i believe god want to know are you willing to give it up if i call for it and abraham showed i am willing to give up the thing that is most precious to me lord for you to be obedient for you Whatever God calls of you, he may want it, he may not. He may just want to see if you are willing to give it, as he did with Abraham. Are you reluctant to sacrifice your time, your talents, your treasures when God has called you to do so? Maybe your finances, maybe whatever it is. Are, are you holding that back? Are you holding back any? I admit sometimes that I do. Sometimes I have to get alone with God and get right with God. And I go, what am I doing? Why am I holding it back? God has given this to me to bless other people. Why in the world when I want to hold back God's blessings? Amen. We shouldn't do that. We should be willing to give it all.
to God. So like Abraham today, are you willing to give up what's most precious to you? Are you saved? Are you born again? Is your name down in the Lamb's book of life? It doesn't matter what you give if you're not saved. You make sure that you get that right. How do you do that? You get in the word of God and you ask him to show you, am I saved? Work out your salvation with fear and trembling, the Bible says. We pray you have been blessed by today's message. If you have been saved or are in need of a prayer, please contact us at 352-247-9200. That's 352-247-9200. Thank you for tuning in to Crossbound Ministries radio broadcast. Will you please pray about supporting our ministry and broadcast? You can go to crossboundministry.com or send your support or a gift to P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. That's P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. For a gift of $10 or more, we will send you a booklet. Please pray for us as our ministry and radio broadcast grows. Tune in every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. to hear a message from our preacher, Mike Sadler. You can follow Crossbound Ministry on Facebook, YouTube, and visit us on the web at crossboundministry.com. If you are a pregnant woman in need of help, there is hope. You can reach out to the Citrus Pregnancy Center. There are locations in Inverness and in Crystal River. Their phone number is 352-341-5176. That's 352-341-5176. This broadcast has been sponsored in part by Henley's Grading Incorporated for all your land clearing and hauling needs located in Hernando, Florida, 352-897-3507. That's 352-897-3507. This program is sponsored by Crossbound Ministry of Inverness, Florida.